podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Towards Gabbiadini! Oh, he's hit the post and he's gone in! One shot treated Manchester United's defence with absolute contempt. Here's Bayano, give and go with Sturridge, that's lovely! Tommy Smith, how for Russia! That's got to be that! It's Charles Bart, it's Pearson, it is 1-0 to Derby County! Hello and welcome to Steve Bloomer's Washing, a new independent Derby County podcast. Uh, my name's Chris Parsons. This is Richard Kutcher. Hello. And over to his right is Tom Martin. Hello. And this season we're gonna we're gonna bring some new sort of uh, sort of views on the Rams to as many people as we can. We're gonna sort of look back on Derby County results in seventeen eighteen. We're gonna preview some upcoming fixtures we're gonna chat to a few fellow fans sort of derby and and the opposition and maybe even sort of throwing the odds sort of interview as well how does that sound with you both does that sound all right sounds pretty good let's do it yeah yeah looking forward to it so let's get cracking but before all that what i want to do is introduce a a little feature that we're going to do every episode um because you know it's not all football takes itself quite seriously doesn't it to be honest and we all love trivia. You love a bit of trivia, don't you, Kutch? Who doesn't love trivia? Uh, Tom? Statos. Yeah. <laughs> Big time. We both love trivia and we both love, we all love obscure Derby County players, don't we? I hope so. So what I'm going to do is ask Tom and Richard every every episode to identify uh, a Derby player from a series of clues, just as a, a, little, a little thing to every episode. And I'll sort of keep score over the course of the season in a sort of who am I sort of a style or as I'm, what are you going to call it who, or as I'm going to call it yeah. who am I ah, see? clever put an R on the start see, see what I've done there yeah it's good because we're the Rams do you need me to, <laughs> do you need me to explain it or? no, it's, no. Yeah, it's you got it shut up catch so I'll tell you what I'll do let's get one out of the early doors yeah. it's a new season I've got a clue for you already before we get into uh, into pre-season so Richard Kutcher who am I yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's good. Clever. <laughs> Who? What? What I'll say first is, um, don't give me an answer now. We're going to do this in two parts. So I'll give you the clue. Have a little think. Let it sort of percolate. You know, like, is it? Is it Mikkel Beck? It's not. Is it? No, it's not. No. Is it Jeff Ganner? It's not. Jeff Ganner was great though. That's 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 for another day. <laughs> Future episode. Um, have a think, and we'll do the rest of the clues at the end. So, yep. Kutch, Who ram I? I played, I made 34 appearances for Derby County between 2003 and 2004. Mm. Sounds like a stalwart to me. <laughs> yeah, that's a long-term, that's a long-term <laughs> player in Derby County's recent history. Any, any initial names popping up? Don't say them. Well, 2003-2004, uh, yeah, not the most exciting time. Uh, it was quite the barren period for Derby, Yeah, we, it? we got through a lot of players, so thanks for that. That's a, you haven't really narrowed it down that much in the 21st century. Right, that's, you know, that's the aim of the game. <laughs> Some of those players were particularly poor, so I'm just like going through the terrible French fullbacks that we had and the uh, awful centre-halves that we had. So. Well, hold those French fullbacks in, 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 in your mind. <laughs> Keep it there, and we'll come back to it later. So, uh, first things first, um, the, the new season's about a week away. Derby goes to Sunderland. Yeah, thank in, God. Uh, Derby Sunderland on Friday. They're, they're in front of the Sky cameras. I guess the question is: I want to ask you both first. Um, on a scale of one to ten, 
Uh, Coach, you first. How optimistic would you say you are feeling about the Rams this season? It's so hard, isn't it? Because the last four or five seasons, uh, it's just been so. There's, there has been so much optimism, so much promise with the, with with the, with the team and and some of the managers we've had, and a lot of false dawns. So, a kind of part of me thinks, well, I think we'll start the season well again. I think, that, and it just depends. For me, it depends on how. Uh, patient uh, Mel Morris can be with Gary Rowett if he does go through a sticky patch I'd like to see us go through a season with one manager I think that'd be a good start it'd be nice wouldn't it yeah I think so um, and I think I think we've probably got the right guy in place uh, this time and I think yeah, I, I think the squad sh- we're going to come onto the squad and, and, and pre-season sales in a minute but um, I think the squad looks in pretty good shape uh, and I, I think on a scale 1 to 10 I'd probably say 6 and a half <laughs> so I, think, I think I was I was probably about the same I mean at the end of last season when Derby finished ninth, mm. so Derby's last from memory, Derby's last four league finishes are ninth, fifth, eighth, and third. I think mm. so. You know they are the sort of perennial, maybe nearly men, yeah. almost Ten. in the championship. But then last season, Derby frankly weren't in it at any stage. Where they they were in the top six for what was it eight days all season or something like that. We never looked like sort of contenders. So I think at the end of last season. There's a lot of apathy around, um, a lot of negativity towards certain players in the squad, and I was sort of maybe down to like a six. Then I'm trying to remember what order we sort of bought and sold players, but I think certainly when Hughes went and then Ince went later, you know, it's five or below. Um, but then we have sort of strengthened the key areas since then, which we'll come on to. And I'd say at the moment, I'm maybe, you know, you, you get the feeling again, don't you, before the season, I'm maybe sort of a. Seven and a half, depending on depending on who replaces Tom Ince. Yeah, I think what's different, a bit different this season is that I feel like at the start of uh, the last couple of seasons, we've had managers in place who I think the fans weren't maybe fully behind at the start of the season. Like when we when we brought McLaren back, I think I know there was some mixed opinion, but I think people generally felt good about it, particularly when he won the first few games. Yeah. Uh, but Gary Rowett, I do feel like there's generally goodwill towards Rowett. I think we've all wanted a lot of people have wanted him there for the last few seasons. I think it's maybe a couple of years too late even these these come. Um, but what do you think, Tom? I think it's been needed. We've needed a change um, because under McLaren we played the fast, free flowing football and it was fantastic. But we made quite a lot of defensive mistakes. Um, when he came back again, we did the same thing. And I think Pearson at the time was a very good, uh, good appointment. And I think last year I was very optimistic. Um, I thought we had the right man in there. I was obviously hugely disappointed to see Martin go. Uh, glad that he's back. Um, but it obviously didn't work out. And I think with Valor, we've got someone who's a, a mix between that. McLaren and Pearson type not the draconian uh, individual that maybe Pearson was but not the free-flowing flamboyant uh, not having a plan B sort of Mm. individual like McLaren I think we've got the mix of the two I mean he's not a Arrogant, so and so, like uh, like Pearson is he, who no. sort of starts fights with his own with his no. own boss. No, he's not an ostrich. <laughs> um, I mean, also, I don't know what you boys think about this, but in Ga- I see a lot of the um, uh, Sean Dyke in, in in Gary Rower. Um I see him as a kind of a pragmatist manager who will always make the most of the resources he's got. No nonsense, but with a bit more finesse than um, he he is definitely pragmatic. I think, yeah, and I think we'll probably come on to that when we talk about what sort of team Derby are likely to put out next season. Um, well, Tom didn't give us his rating. What's... He didn't. Oh, well, I think, again, similar like to Chris, uh, I was a bit unsure about the, the sales of some of the players. So I was down at the sort of four or five, but I think I'm similar to you guys at the moment, between six and seven. Um, I don't think we'll start well uh, like Kutch uh, does. I think we'll actually struggle at first and there'll be a bit of disappointment at the beginning of the season. Um, but I think we'll, we'll start to get it together uh, as the new signings blend in. And I'm sure we're going to sign a couple of new people between uh, now and the transfer window closing. We've always been slow starters, haven't we, in, in, in the last five years at least. 
We've never got mm. off to an absolute flyer from, but from the last memory. flying season. Was the Claff's last season was it? When we start, was it Claff's penultimate season when he we when we had Bueno and we'd started off and we won like eight out of nine or something stupid in the first. Yeah, that, that rings a bell. Yeah, uh, I yeah. think that might be the last season we came out of the blocks flying. So let's um, let's sort of move on. Obviously, we've talked about Derby's ninth place finish mm. last season. They're never really in contention, and even to outsiders, it seemed that. With the squad that Derby has, you know they have under underperformed. There's players who have been successful elsewhere. Parts of this, you know, this is the spine of that squad has been sort of top of the league before, um, even before Christmas. The season just gone. They they, they kept what's like eight clean sheets in ten or something, and they broke that club record, didn't they? Do you remember? Mm, yeah. But you'd think you think with the players we got and that record would have a much would have much more to show for last season than finishing ninth. So what I was going to ask is, what did Derby need to do differently? next season to get in the top six I think it's easy stop conceding stupid goals and don't loan out Chris Martin on <laughs> towards the end of the transfer window I mean nailed it next question <laughs> your, your, your main goal scorer going like with no real replacement or a replacement in Vidra who clearly was a talent but didn't fit, didn't, the didn't fit in um, but then not buying the players around him just didn't work and then we can clearly defend when we want to um, saw some fantastic games last year just thinking West Brom they're sort of heroic defending uh, in the cup game and obviously as Chris mentioned their fantastic run with the clean sheets he saw some ridiculous stuff some like just abject defensive displays and if we can cut those out you're always going to have one game here and there where things don't go right if we cut that out keep a solid defence and we can score goals with Martin I think we're in for a good chat. I think I think it's a bit of a cop out to say maybe, but I think the obvious one is consistency. I mean, you talk about clean sheets records and and like the, the run we had. We've had like we've had some winning sequence runs under McLaren as well, but uh, we keep having these like individual moments in seasons which last two or three months. So that's not good enough. We don't go over blips very well, do we? No, we no. don't. And or we're not allowed to because the chairman sacks the manager halfway through yeah. a blip. Like I don't think we've given many managers a chance to get out of a blip. I think Clement would have been a good one. I think Clement maybe probably should have stayed. Yeah. Um, uh, but we don't, we don't need to go over the history. In terms of what we need to do differently, uh, yeah, I think the consistency, um, I think a, a settled midfield would be nice. I mean, we've had so many talented midfielders at the club for the last four or five years, both coming through the academy and ones we've brought in. And the only real time, the, the one time we've put a real consistent run together, I mean, we should have got promoted under McLaren's first spell, was when we had the kind of triangle fawn with, I think it was Hendrick and Bryson for most of that run, but obviously Hughes was coming in and out of that team as well. Miss? I miss Big John Eustace. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And because he was, he started that runoff before George Fawn came in, and yeah. that was when we had a settled, not just a, a, a midfield system, but also settled personnel. Everyone knew their jobs, and I don't think you know Butterfield does he play at the bottom or the top? Does you know him, Johnson, Hughes? They've all taken it in turns playing different parts of midfield, and it's just a bit of a mess. And I really hope the one thing Rowett, thing Rowett does is bring in people, get given jobs, they know their role. If Huddleston comes out, someone else comes in. If if Bryson comes out, someone else comes in. Like everyone knows their jobs and stop mucking about in the midfield. So I just don't think it. I think that's consistent. That's probably something that, without having looked into this in great detail, but you can say about teams that usually go up is that they 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 never rotate that much, do they? Mm. And if they do, there's always a player who slots directly in, like for like, um, like Thorn and Eustace. That yeah, you, you look at teams like sort of Burnley, where they only use like sort of 15 players and and and, and finish second. And I'm sure there's other teams like that in recent history who. You know, they have that settled 11. Uh, everyone knows what they're doing. And let's be honest, Derby, for what for one, one reason or another, sorry, they've never really had that in the past three, three or four years, have they, Tom? No. I, I, yeah, I don't think there's been... There's been too much sort of change, I think, in the midfield especially because we're trying to fit 
four or five excellent players into three positions uh, and arguably the three best players um, or best central midfielders are more forward thinking from last year in the Hughes, your Butterfield and, and Johnson and we've missed Thorne and I think Hansen, whilst he's not as good a, a technical footballer he'd have been perfect just to kick people and I don't understand why we sent him out on loan perfect uh, just Wigan. to kick people <laughs> yeah, just, just kick the Tom Martin style yeah. and that's what I think Gary Rout will bring back yeah. <laughs> I'm a perfectly average Sunday league footballer I like to kick people because they're better than me that's what Jamie Hansen is yeah that's, professional yeah. and he played uh, that's what Malcolm did in one game against Wolves all those years yeah. ago and, and we've never, we've never forgotten and he fell asleep it. on the M1 and hasn't really been seen since <laughs> thanks so man. let's um... didn't think we mentioned Bob Malcolm today <laughs> didn't think I'd get a shout no, no. good old Bob um, that's what I was going to say so I mean looking at Derby so it's a transfer business obviously there's a, there's a fair chunk of the window still to go we're only in um, late July now there's about a month of the, of the transfer window still remaining great so in terms of <laughs> can't wait for Scott you're well up for transfer time that day aren't you? Um, so, tra- so in terms of ins we've had uh, Curtis Davis Tom Huddleston and Andre Wisdom come in and out with uh, it's goodbye to uh, to the Albino Prince, Will Hughes. Mm. Tom Ince has gone to Huddersfield for a club record fee. And uh, I know the one you're most upset about, Tom, <laughs> Abdul Camaro has, uh, has, has set sail. I'm going to go and find my Vauxhall Severo and bring him back. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the thing about... What do you make of the business? Yeah, I mean, everyone talks about so Ince and Hughes going, but the real disaster is Camaro. No, um... <laughs> um I think if you look at the inns, I think the inns are excellent. I've got no... I think the inns have been not just good signs, but great business. Um, I can't... Yeah, experience. I think Davis and Huddleston have both... They've both been there and done it recently, and they've got last season premature experience, and we all know what Huddleston brings, and he's probably a better player now than he was when he left. Um, and he was definitely good enough then when he was 16 years old uh, the, um, and I think they're good business I think they seem to be good deals good value for money I can't say the same thing about going out I'm really, I don't mind us selling players I think the idea that we're not a selling club is rubbish every club is a selling club even Manchester United is a selling club but I do think that I think Ince, the fees may be about fair Hughes I think the fee is a, is a bit of a disgrace I wonder I've never, I didn't really know what Sam Rush brought to the club previously um, but I do I do get the feeling that if Sam Rush had been there he would have got more money for Will Hughes I don't, I don't know who's negotiating transfers he always seemed without actually knowing anything about the deals he did particularly but he always seemed quite a sort of shrewd businessman and a bit of a ball buster when it came to I, the transfer market I guess the thing, the thing that, I think he wasn't great at, I don't think he was great at signing players I think we, we, I think we spent money over the odds on people like Vidger and Johnson but I do think do he mean? would have been he sent Chris Evans to Spain to sign <laughs> Raul Albantosa yeah that went that went well <laughs> and they even paid for a helicopter out of Mel Morris's back pocket which was yeah great um, but um, in turn, I do think he would have been a, a, a kind of a, a tougher negotiator when it comes to selling players Will Hughes just signed a new contract I just find it the idea that we let them go because they've been a, a good servant is, is very very naive in my opinion it's nice it sounds nice but really at the end of the day we need more money. I guess what I was going to say is that um, I appreciate what you're saying that no club can say they're not a selling club because that's just how the transfer window works every player has assets that other players that other teams want mm. every player wants to better themselves and play at the highest level and when you've done what we've done and you've sort of underachieved as long as we have your you standout players are going to want to test themselves elsewhere but the thing is is that in the past three or four years, it always seemed like you know we were sort of bringing players into Derby, and you know we were, we had this upward trajectory, and it's, it seems we've almost got to the point now where we've sort of peaked, and maybe yeah. players are starting to realise that that not the bubbles burst. I mean, we can't say that in pre-season, but 
um, if one if if one star name goes, then do you think others start to think, oh well, yeah, maybe I should look at my options. I don't, I don't think it's important about having necessarily the star names. I mean, Ince was a fantastic player, and he gets a lot of criticism from Derby fans, and I think that's very unjust. He worked hard, scores goals, and was a credit to the team last year. But he does go missing sometimes and sometimes you will carry him but he creates so much there that it, it's worth it so I don't think having the star players is important if you think about the Burnley team even the Brighton team to some extent would you take anyone from that Brighton team and put it in the Derby team or anyone from that Burnley team and put it in the Derby team now, there's not going to be that many people who you would change man for man but as a team I'd change yeah. all 11 yeah. um, and I think that's the real thing that we've been missing and I think with your upward trajectory um, I think it's also with signings you think about who we've bought uh, we've bought players who haven't then gone on and kicked on the likes of Johnson who's come for big money big wages Butterfield who's got the chance to maybe um, <clears throat> better himself at a, a bigger team than Huddersfield uh, and I put that in inverted commas and I don't think he's done it and I think maybe we need some hard working solid players rather than the players the like uh, Curtis Davis or Tom Huddleston yeah. or Andre Wisdom maybe <laughs> solid hopefully, players hopefully yeah, yeah, yeah big strong solid I think the other point to make which I, I think it's keen to make uh, important to make sorry is at least we sold them to Premier League clubs I, if I was not an Forest fan I would be pretty upset that yeah we got £15 million for Sambalonga but he's gone to a direct rival he's probably going to fight into promotion next season I would have been gutted if we'd sold Bill Hughes to a sorry a, direct you know, rival yeah, well, yeah, sorry. Forest, the yeah, Forest aren't going to be direct rivals of Borough next season. It's going to have lasted 17 and a half minutes before slagging off Forest in the first, the first podcast. So, we're talking about the players, what I wanted to ask next was um, everyone knows how you know that Derby did underachieve last season. Mm. Clearly, that's down to the players at the end of the day. So, Tom, which player do you think really needs to step up for Derby the most in 17 18? Um, I just mentioned him a minute ago. Clearly, all of them, but or most of them, but anyone in particular. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a few, but I think I just mentioned one a minute ago. And Jacob Butterfield. I mean, we signed him for four and a half million. He was one of Huddersfield's like best creators, and I've watched him countless times in a derby shirt. And I just don't know what he brings. He shuffles around. He gets stuck in every now and then. He gets himself booked. He looks a little bit pretty and fails to deliver across I mean is that a fair coach do you think yeah I'm not, I'm not a massive fan of Jacob I always saw him as a poor man's Bill Hughes uh, if I'm honest I would have much rather seen Butterfield leave uh, than Will um, it's important to remember his good attributes I mean, yeah, he's, 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 he's scored a couple of defective goals he's done well but um, <laughs> well, I was gonna, he's, he's completely two footed though isn't he and you, you know that, yeah, and, that, that, and one pace that, so, that versatility is quite hard to find but having said that I watched the friendly against um, Northampton and Derby had Derby had a crest, was it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Derby had a uh, a free kick sort of about thirty yards from goal, and Butterfield took it left footed and just p rolled it straight into not even the wall, just into Northampton player. It was it was a that will happen. Yeah, at least get out of his system in you know in July. But equally on pre season, even at Macclesfield, he does some nice step overs and put a couple of couple of left footed crosses in, and you think, oh, that looks looks nice. But then who did it go to? Went to a defender. So. There's, there's no real sort of end product quality, I think, there. But is his, is his ineffectiveness more systematic of sort of, you know, uh, not being, you know, a poor tactical setup and not having teammates in the right positions? Yeah, I think uh, well, it comes back to what we said earlier about the midfield and not having a consistent midfield setup. I think, you know, him, he just like uh, Bradley Johnson and Will Hughes have suffered from all taking turns playing at the base of the midfield and, and sometimes playing further forward. And every manager seems to have 
change their mind. Like McLaren comes in and moves someone further forward, and then Raul comes in and moves that person further back. So I don't think any of them have benefited from that. And he's, I think Johnson and Butterfield time at Derby have been, um, <clears throat> what's the word, kind of uh, have symbolised just those two players' journeys in the last couple of years. Have it's symbolized so up and Derby down County's for both of them, hasn't it? I mean, journey. do you remember back in the last season when Butterfield? Um, but I feel scored against Huddersfield in sort of one of the later games and sort of celebrated by giving it giving it the big one. I thought it was to the Huddersfield fans at first, but then I think it turns out that a lot of a lot of Derby fans were giving him a bit a bit of a hard time. That was time. the only time in my life not being at a football match where I've been outnumbered by Huddersfield fans. I was in a bar in New York watching that, and uh, there was yeah, it was me and five Huddersfield fans, and they, they weren't particularly happy when Jacob Butterfield um, did that celebration. I can I can imagine. So, but, <laughs> deflected goal. Yeah. Coach, who's, who's your name for? Who you think uh, needs funny, to improve this? So season? I think it depends how you interpret it interpret needs uh, I think the most uh, I don't think Craig Bryson needs to prove himself or needs to step it up but I do think the team would benefit most if he did and I'll, I'll explain why when we had in that in that McLaren team at constant playoff uh, final uh, one thing that Chris Martin brought not just his goals but was, he really brought in midfield players into play and he really got the best out of like, so Bryson and, and Jeff Hendrick I would love to see that happen again I'd love to see that relationship between Martin and Bryson arriving late into the box of, of, of Martin link that they had when um, when Martin would bring midfield players in exactly. and steamers in a box it was just a joy to watch it yeah and I could, I could equally give the answer to Chris Martin I think there's a lot of pressure on Chris Martin this season to prove that like we did miss him as much as we did last season I think Chris Martin's the whole saga whether it was his fault or not was a big distraction for both managers or all our managers last season yeah um, and McLaren it, tried to get him back in January didn't he exactly it didn't work, it, it, it didn't work. and that, again that might not be Chris Martin's fault but I think there's a big pressure on Chris Martin to deliver and I really think think it'd be it'll be great if we had a, a fit a fully fit all season firing you know double figures goals from Craig Bryson would be a, would be a big uh, a, a big plus for us he's yeah. hoping I mean I think for me personally there's a there's sort of one name that does stand out for dark for players who you know are lacking confidence who haven't really performed recently and it's uh, and it's Johnny Russell um he hasn't really performed that well in pre-season so far uh, had a pretty poor sort of goals and assists return last season um, and he's he's been sort of you know getting a lot of stick off off a number of, sort of Derby fans if sort of social media is Tom, Tom included I think. Well, I, I went to the Fulham game last year where it was an absolutely fantastic game and Nugent scored a hat trick uh, and Russell was instrumental in at least sort of one or two of those goals without setting them up and then he also scored but he could have had four or five and in fact he missed an absolute glorious chance which then Fulham cleared down the other end um, and they went and then made it four two but it should have been five one because Russell missed a sitter. Uh, made it 4-2 and it got a bit nervy for the last 10 minutes of what should have been a very comfortable and comprehensive victory um, I mean you have to look at it with both sides of Russell yeah. I mean he, he 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 does genuinely offer offer the team something I think and that is his sort of work rate and everything which I know that's not enough for some people but let's not forget that if you remember there was a couple of seasons ago when Derby sort of started the season okay-ish and Russell scored, scored some fairly important goals in that spell mm. at the start of the season didn't he and he, and he has popped up since yeah. with we have a few sort of important but, goals here and there. But that's it, isn't it? It's like three or four goals a season. It's just not good enough. It's consistency, isn't it, that's needed? Yeah. And, and I, think it's, uh, I think he yeah. just doesn't quite have that quality at the end of his play sometimes, does he? Like, he'll, he can get into good positions. He can beat a man. Um, you know, he can beat a lot of sort of championship fullbacks, but he'll sort of get to the byline and maybe not always pick the right pass. And he just, I think he just got, if he just got a goal, doesn't matter how, if it goes in on a, off his ass or, or his shin or his nose or whatever, I think 
that would see a change in him. Do you agree? Uh, well, maybe, but he did. He has scored goals before, and it hasn't. He then hasn't gone on a run. But only was it one, one last season? Well, yeah, whatever it was. But I mean, what I find interesting is how, who was he playing for in Scotland? Dundee. Dundee. Yeah. How Dundee many? United, he had quite a good goal scoring record in, in Scotland. How many chances were they creating for him every game? You've got so to look at the quality of the Scottish. <laughs> yeah, but like, how many chances? Connor, Connor Salmon had a good goal scoring record in Scotland. Yeah, I know. I just find it bizarre because I don't believe the goal. Well, maybe the goalkeeping is terrible, but uh, I think on your point, Chris, I think if we're relying on Johnny Russell having a good season, then we're struggling. I don't. I don't he's not that important. I mean, I'd like to think he won't even get in the team. If I'm honest. Uh, I mean, I let's... He, he can only really he can only play a big role if we have another excellent playmaking winger on the other side. I mean, let's let's be honest. All the sort of wide attacking midfield players that Derby have need to need to improve. Mm. What one of them needs to step up and, and replace him if we're not going to buy someone, which hopefully we will. But anyway, that's for for now. Let's. Uh, well, time's flown by, isn't it? It's amazing what we get through in pre season. Um, <laughs> we'll have a bit more of a chat after this. Derby goes to Sunderland next week, um, so we've had a bit of a chat with. A, uh, a chap from a Sunderland podcast called Wise Men Say so we'll have a listen to that after this brief musical interlude Now again there's Villains Asanovic Daly Derby have equalised Welcome back to Steve Bloomer's Washing the Derby County podcast so uh, we're barely a week away to the 17-18 season now and the Rams uh, opening fixture, season travel to the northeast on Friday to the Stadium of Lights to play Sunderland. Uh, it's live on Sky in front of the cameras. So we want to find out what the opposition view is. And to do that, I'm going to bring in live on the phone now Gareth Barker from the Wise Men Say Sunderland podcast. Gareth, are you there? I am indeed. Great stuff. How are you doing? You all right? Not too bad yourself. Excellent. Not too bad. I've got football fever. We're ready to go. It's uh, it's well and truly kicking in. Um, so I, I guess I just wanted to ask first. Uh, so Sunderland came down last se- came down last season uh, after ten uh, ten seasons in the top flight in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, obviously, it you know it obviously hurts when you come down. But what's the what's the general feeling amongst the, you know amongst amongst the fan base up there at the moment? I think the. <laughs> There was an inevitability about the relegation, so I think people were disappointed. But at the same time, it was you know it was a long time coming because of a variety of different issues. And I think people obviously being disappointed getting relegated. Some may be looking at thinking, well, it's an opportunity to rebuild. Um, you know, some are looking at those opportunities. You know, it's just something different. You know, we've struggled for the last five years in the Premier League. The, Ten we were in there, we're probably in a relegation battle for eight of them. So it, it wasn't exactly an enjoyable experience, especially for the last five years, because we've been so so poor, and you know the last couple of seasons have been really painful. So you know last season was just a culmination of that, I think. And you know where we might have thought David Moyes was the right man to start the season, it was abundantly clear by the end of it that he really wasn't um, for a variety of reasons again. So. I think initially it was a bit of disappointment, but tempered with the fact we all expected it. And then, you know, it's, over the summer it's just been a funny one where we kind of we might have been getting taken over, which didn't happen, which meant that time and Grayson ended up becoming the manager. And then from there, it's it's kind of from a bit of pessimism has been a little bit of optimism, which 
thing is only naturally as you move towards the start of the season, people, you know, love football, so they're getting excited for the everyone believes they can win any game at you know, ten to three on a Saturday afternoon or whenever it may be. So it's, uh, it's, it's, it's amazing how one, how one result can change the general mood of the fan base. Yeah, um, but, absolutely. Yeah. So what's the, I mean, are you looking to bounce, are Sunderland looking to bounce straight back up, do you think, or is it more about consolidation this season? Well, I think, I think we have to do, attempt to do both, if that makes any sense. I think we have to consolidate from the club's perspective. Um, you know, we recently had a new CEO come in um, in the last 18 months. Um, you know, the, the management structures change, a lot of the backroom sort of, well, I wouldn't say backroom staff, but the um, infrastructure in terms of the scouting and things like that changed. Um, so I think we're looking to consolidate and from a financial perspective off the pitch, you know, the, and, and then on the pitch hope that, you know, Simon Grayson can get the best out of the group of players we've got. I think people were a bit miffed about bringing Grayson in, but I think it's just a little bit of a reality check. That's not to sound too disrespectful. It's just, you know, you... It's almost like some of the players have brought in, some of the players have been linked. If people would suggest it might be a little bit uninspiring, but the bottom line is we haven't got the biggest budget in the championship at all, and we haven't, you know, he's trying to sign players who will compete at that level. So I think, you know, being tasked, or Grayson's being tasked with bringing in players with what he believes have the right attitude and the players that he can get the best out of um, and he's done pretty well with mediocre squads um, over the years so I would say at the moment our squad actually isn't too bad in certain areas we've got really good quality but they might move on so we don't know really yet what what the state of play is going to be at the start of the season so I mean the, I um, the, the sort of headline departures for you know for the neutrals were uh, Jordan Pickford, the, the goalkeeper, obviously being sold to Everton for a club record 30 million, and yeah. uh, and Jermaine Defoe's on his bike as well, isn't he? Yeah. He's gone to Bournemouth. Is that right? Bournemouth, yeah. Um, right. I mean, I mean, that, yeah, those that, those two players yeah. did seem to they seem to keep you in a lot of games last season. Um, Pickford. Well, your best players do, don't they? At yeah. any level. So yeah. I mean, I know a lot of it's a bit of a cliche. So without that player, they would be X. But yeah, well, that's the case for everybody. Your best players. You know, for for teams like Sunderland and a lot of teams at the bottom, you need your best players to perform, and they were our best players. So, I mean, there was a chance I picked that might have stayed, but I think for that money, they had to do the deal. You um, can't turn it down, can you? No, and, and before, um, you know, he had a relegation release clause in his contract, so he, he was always going to go free. But there's no real, there's no, you know, when you talk about obviously you've got Darren Bent, he he left in there. Uh, a lot worse circumstances than um, Domain before did. So, you know, someone like Defoe be welcomed back to the stadium, like where Darren Bent, when he has been, uh, certainly hasn't been welcomed back. So, um, yeah, it's, yeah, they went. But I mean, the ones we were expecting to go, aside from that, were definitely certain players like Wabi Kazri. We thought he'd be gone, long yeah. gone by now. Jermaine Lentz, thought he'd be long gone by now. But they haven't. They're still here, um, and they're probably still they're up for sale. Everyone's up for sale, essentially. And how did the sort of the fans react when they saw the fixture list and saw um, you know saw Derby's name come up first, Derby at home on the first day of the season? Um, I think we're probably looking forward to having a home game because recently we've we've had concerts at the stadium of light, and which has meant we've we've never had a home game since I think it's 2009. I think we had another home league game start of the season. 
Um, so I think we're quite happy to have a home game first up, more than anything. Um, I think I don't think people. I, I know people say, "Oh God, this is reality strikes." When you look at the, the fixture list and you see you're in the championship, but I don't think anybody. There wasn't a, a big feeling of that. I think people were just thinking, you know what, it's a new opportunity to, you know, to, to do something, to try and build something. So I don't think I would be surprised if there was more than thirty thousand there. To be honest. Really. Um, yeah, I would be. Um, but. What I is think, what is the capacity of the stadium like again? Is it early forties? Uh, Forty-seven. Forty-seven. But I think, you know, to be fair, Simon Grayson, he's really, you know, he's saying a lot of good things, you know, and we've, we've scored a lot of goals in pre-season actually, um, but we've conceded a lot as well. We've got a bit of a problem defensively in that we we keep keep conceding like stupid goals. I mean, we got beat, we beat Livingston I think three 0 and then we went to St Johnston and we got with. Conceded three goals in six minutes and lost the game three nil. Which um, you know, which, which players should Derby fans look out for for the ones who might who might be able to hurt them in in the game itself? Um, so I would I would say definitely Lent would be if he plays would be a main threat. He potentially if he's if he's at Sunderland on the first of September when the transfer window closes, he potentially could be the the most dangerous attacking player in the, in the league. Um, he's a Dutch international. You know, he, he was on loan at Fenerbahce last season, played in the Europa League, uh, scored, I think, might have scored twice against Manchester United in the Europa League. Definitely scored one. Um, so, Casbury as well, you know, Tunisian national great pedigree. He'd be somebody who you'd, you'd have to look out for. Um, and we brought in James Vaughan from Bury for about seven hundred grand. Um, I feel like that's as much as anything. That's a bit of a reality check signing uh, signing James Vaughan. Yeah. Dare I say it? Because he was sort yeah. of. He had a decent spell at Huddersfield, sort of yeah. about three or four years ago, didn't he? And then sort of went off the well, radar yeah. a bit. I mean, that was under Grayson as well, so that's why he's kind of brought him back because um, yeah. he knows him. Um, I mean, interestingly up front, I would say that if he plays, he's had an excellent pre-season. Um, a young lad who is, has impressed before, um, called Joss Madger, um, and he's only 18, um, but he's very. He might actually work quite well if we've got certain players like Lenz, Kazri, McGeady, who players who will be aggressive and go beyond the striker because he likes to drop off, hold the ball, but he's, he's a great finisher. He scored four goals in pre-season. Um, he's, probably played, he's been pre- pretty much because he's been our only striker. He's played most of it, but he's taken his chance. Um, I'm going to have to... Um... I think it, we'll have to get a prediction off here before before we let you go. Um, I think personally, I'm going to give her a score draw. I reckon um, both teams sort of feeling their way into the season um, in front of the cameras and everything. Probably sort of opening day nerves. Um, so I'll say um, yeah, I'll, I'll say one all for the for the sake of it. What do you reckon yourself? Well, I might I might say a score draw, but I might go a little bit higher because we scored goals and we conceded goals in pre-season. So I might say two all. Um, to be honest. It's going to be interesting this season because I don't really know a lot about a lot of the championship teams. Obviously, watching a lot of Premier League football in the last few years, I do keep an eye on the championship, but haven't got like an extensive knowledge. So obviously, I know you've lost a few players over the summer, haven't you, in Hughes? And I quite like Christie, the fullback. Actually, I thought last season that might have been someone we would have looked at. Yeah, he's um, uh, he's he's gone. <laughs> yeah, so he's gone to Middlesbrough, hasn't he? That's right. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, I think you know I'm interested to see. So, so you're you saying uh, you're saying two two. I'll say one yeah. all. And um, 
we'll have to wrap it up there. But just before you go, Gareth, who's your uh, so who are your, who are your two tips for the for the top two next season? For the top two, yeah, um, Middlesbrough definitely. I think they'll win the league. Must pain you to say that. Um, no, not really. I'm really bothered about Middlesbrough. <laughs> um, I think they're more bothered about. Well, actually, to be fair, they're not actually. I don't think it's a, kind of a bit of a there's a rivalry there, but it's not. It's not that strong. It's not like Sunderland Newcastle. I see. I see. Um, it's probably like Derby Leicester compared to Derby Forest. I, yeah. I don't know. Maybe I've got that wrong. I don't no, know. that's. But, um, I don't think that's a. That, I don't think that's an unfair comparison to make. So who's, um, who's, who's your second shout? You know, there's so many teams up there who, who who could do something. I mean, Villa might have a shout this season. You know. Well, I was uh, thinking Villa are due a good season after yeah. you know their sort of uh, their transition better, their transition yeah. period. Yeah. Should be over Bruce is a good manager at that level, definitely, and he's done really, he's done really well. Get the teams promoted in that league, and he signed some good players for that level. So I think they, they'll be a force next season. So I think I'll, I'll go with the top two of Millsborough and, and Aston Villa. So that was Gareth Barker from the Sunderland camp over in the northeast. Uh, what do you make of, of what he said there? Uh, yeah, he seems very excited for the new season. Um, <laughs> can, you, can you blame him, really? I mean, I know, yeah, uh, I can, I can empathise. I guess they've had ten years of utter rubbish, haven't they? Um, or how long they've been fighting relegation? I, th- I think you know, just my personal opinion is they needed to come down to reset everything. Been, were, yeah, they're, Southampton's they're, a great example. Of they that. were treading water for yeah three or four years at least. There's two yeah. ways that can go. You can you can go to Southampton way. We can become Coventry City. Um, so hopefully, are those the only two ways? Yeah. Again, that's the only two options. So I can do a Carvey and just sit there for another ten years in the Championship. So yeah, I think uh, I think I think Simon Grayson's a bit of a, a left field appointment. If I'm honest, uh, I don't think many people saw that coming. I don't know if, if they got it's, it's, a reality, it's a reality check, isn't it for them? Definitely. I think yeah. the signings are a reality check as well. And um, James Vaughan was obviously on loan at Derby. Great excitement when he came. Fast, pacey forward, could finish. Uh, couldn't finish. Young left Premier League goals for all time yeah, at the time. Couldn't do anything, could he? He was useless for us. So um, maybe the signings are a bit of a reality check. Maybe you'll get uh, less of the individuals again, like we talked about in the first part, a bit more consistency. And they'll, they make, might start slowly, but I think they'll be there or thereabouts in the playoff mix, I reckon. Do you reckon? I, I, I see them more as an Aston, like the season that Aston Miller had last season, really. I think, I think that's what's done. I think Borough will do very well, but I think I think Sunderland will kind of kind of hover lower mid table and I think Grayson w- w- won't won't last the season. They might have, they may as well sign wow. Nigel Clough as their manager. Big shout. I mean that's it's funny you mentioned that because a mate of mine who's a Villa fan sort of we're talking about Sunderland and he 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 sort of said that he could see Sunderland acclimatising to the championship even more badly than, than Villa did. Because mm. like the owner wants to sell up and they've lost their two best players and sort of replaced them with uh, sort of budget, um, budget equivalents, if you will. But so yeah, I, I feel it's going to be a long hard season, as I say yeah. for them. But I think so. Let's let, you know. Let's sort of move on to to Friday. Um, Rowett's tried a number of players in pre season. Um, tried a few systems against Northampton. Uh, it's, that's the thing, though, isn't it? To, sort of teams always put out one eleven in the first forty five and another eleven in the second forty five. Yeah. Um, but Tom, what do you think uh, will be the starting eleven uh, at the Stadium of Light? It's difficult to even know what the system will be. He's tried the four-two-three-one. He's tried four-three-three, which seemed quite effective away in Kaiserslautern. Um, however, Northampton it didn't look very good, and it didn't look very good against Macclesfield. So I feel like it's more the players that didn't look very good against Northampton rather than the uh, the system. But it's it's getting used to the systems, isn't it? So if they're not used to the system and 
Varad maybe doesn't know what he's going to play. The players don't know what they're going to play just yet. I think it will take time for Derby to settle this year. Um, I'm cautiously optimistic for the first few games, but I do think that Friday could be a bit boring. Uh, if I'm honest, I'm thinking maybe nil-nil, maybe a one-nil either way. Um, I'm not sure it'll be a great game to watch. Um, two big teams down the championship, but I don't think it's going to be a, a cracker, uh, a cracker of four-three or three-two or anything like no, that. I, I, so for some reason, I can't see a goal fest either. Um, it's funny that in Derby's past five seasons, looking at this earlier, uh, there's been four draws. Uh, last season, it was what was it last season? Um, nil-nil against yeah. Brian at home, and before that, it was nil-nil at Bolton, wasn't it? Yeah. Before that, would be Rotherham on the opening day, if memory serves. Before that, it was Sheffield Wednesday, I think. The, the best opening day fixture was the Leeds away game when mm. Rob Hulse and Chris Commons and Paul Green tore it apart. But um, you I did say that, yeah, yeah, yeah it was God. a cr- cracking day. But, Memories, um, <laughs> happy days. <laughs> um, you did say who do you think is going to start? And I think um, obviously Carson will be in goal. It'll be Davis, Keogh at the back, um, Wisdom at right back. It'd be nice to see Forsyth at left back, uh, Huddleston in front of him. The, the back, the back five sort of does yeah. sort of pick itself really, doesn't it? Do you think Curtis Davis yeah. is definitely ahead of? We definitely think Curtis Davis and Keogh are definitely ahead of Pierce. I, yes. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Davis was Davis even he was, he was captain for a lot of pre-season. Wasn't yeah. He, so. Yeah. I think Davis will be captain this season. Um, I think Keogh is an an excellent leader, but he loses it at sort of certain key points when you really need him to step up. And so I think Davis will be a refreshing change as captain. And, and Richard Keogh looks like our podcaster here, Tom Martin. They they look very similar. <laughs> so uh, and Tom's always backing Keogh. But yeah, I think yeah, I think Huddleston. I think the big question then is those those midfielders in front of Huddleston. Huddleston's going to pick himself easily. But yeah. I think uh, um, I'm, I'm definitely I'm rooting for Bryson. I want Bryson to have a big season. I'd love to see him start on the opening day. Yeah. I reckon. If I if I was to it, it seemed logical that Rowett would go with a sort of four two three one away and maybe a four three three at home. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could certainly see him with the midfield that Sunderland might have, where they might sort of have a number of bodies in the middle, and now you've got sort of the likes of Lee Catamol in there as well. I reckon he might go over two in front of the back four. Uh, so Huddleston and one other, which I think will be Butterfield. I reckon. So I mean, sorry to cut you off, coach, but I reckon it'll be that back five plus Huddleston and Butterfield, uh, Bradley Johnson in front of them, Martin in front of him. So that just leaves the two wide players, which I couldn't really decide about. I mean, I guess Russell and Vyman. It'll probably be Russell and. Do you think it'll be Vyman? I think Russell is um, a fan of. Well, sorry, Varrett is a fan of Russell. Uh, likes the way he, he tracks and he works hard. Um, I think that'd be effective away from home. And I know Vyman is a bit of a headless chicken at times, but he runs doesn't he and I think away from home a lot of pace a lot of unpredictability I think I think Vyman would start and Huddleston's going to be looking for play, fast players to play in I mean you've seen, we've seen a couple of examples of, it, of that working in pre-season of Huddleston yeah. playing big diagonals or, or big balls in behind and the likes yeah. of Russell and Vyman getting onto those and creating goals yeah. as a result so that looks to be a, a tactic particularly away from home surely Rowett's going to so good so uh, good to watch but, Huddleston you know, isn't he yeah he is he's a beautiful player he's a beautiful man he's a beautiful player he's a beautiful <laughs> feet um, trying to kiss them yeah, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I'm just gutted I'm not going to be there on Friday because I was, I was there for his last game for Derby in the playoffs semi-final um, back against at, Preston, against wasn't Preston. It? Really? I remember, I remember yeah. he stood right in front of me and when we I think it was one of the, when one of the goals went in uh, towards the end he just absolutely launched his water bottle onto the ground it bounced up and I just realised how massive that man was for a 16 year old yeah. and I fell in love um, and then he left us 
he was the first player I saw live who was the same age as me in the same school year, which terrified me as a 16-year-old that he was a man and I was still a boy. How someone my age this much taller than me? Yeah. Yeah. This is freakish. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, the only thing but I was going to ask... How are we going to get Nugent into that team? Well, that's what I was going to say. Do you think Nugent can start some or do you think he's going to be limited to being a super sub? I actually think... We or, might or a rotation squad striker. I think we might go two up front at home. Um and I think we might play with Martin and Nugent. I think they'd be both both big, strong, effective players. Um, I'd like to see maybe a four four two at home, something back to sort of traditional, or maybe even a four one three two. Um, so two forwards at home. But I think away from home, I think Martin will be the the target man, get the players in around him. So that's why I think Vyman and Russell, because they're quick, uh, they run a lot and they work hard. So I think mean, I know. I think I read um, recently that Rowett has actually said that he's going to favour. A two three one and a four three three, so I mean obviously these things can change and, mm. and depending on injuries and whoever you buy and whoever you sell. But um, I think um, I think he's going to go for a, a four two three one, play it safe. I mean looking looking forward, we don't have to dwell too much on on big George Thorne and his, his his latest sort of injury woes. But can you imagine the two of, of Huddleston and, and Thorne together? It, I think it would. It... Be Passing range-wise, it'd be delightful, but how much mobility is there? Because Huddleston's not the most mobile midfielder. Fawn doesn't cover the ground. I think away from home, I think they'd, they'd be great. I think they'd be a great base to play from. Yeah. Uh, and everyone can else, everyone else can just wait for the ball to play perfectly. It's like two quarterbacks, really, isn't it? Um, yeah. But I, I don't know. I, I don't think it. I think you might get swamped in midfield if you play them both together. It, it's a beautiful idea. You reckon? Yeah, but I just think that neither of them have the energy levels to really. Let's get Thorne back first, yeah, and let's have him playing some games before we start talking about this. Yeah, so. that's, that's, I mean, we've been talking hypothetically a lot about George Thorne for Derby fans having for months. About ten thousand years. years. I'm pretty years sure almost. Thorne is a mix of Xavi, Iniesta, Pirlo, and everything, according to Derby fans. And he had that fantastic end of year uh, in 2013-14. But don't forget, he signed in January. He only played against Forest in March because Eustace wasn't. I think so he was suspended. suspended. Yeah. So if it wasn't for that. Thorne would never have played and we would never have discovered how good he would have been uh, or he was for that ten, those 10 games and I also remember the first 10 minutes of that Forest game um, he couldn't pass and he looked awful so um, yeah let's let's keep ourselves on the ground for this I think I guess, do, do you think the longer you know I think there's no doubting that he does have quality but when players are out for that long you I know, almost get a bit nostalgic almost and yeah um, bring back Jamie Ward sentimental <laughs> you were watching Jamie Ward earlier weren't we we, were watching the, uh, we had a few spare minutes of watching the Brighton, the Brighton playoff semi-final just uh, to cheer ourselves up he's exactly what Johnny Russell should be Jamie Ward on that bombshell <laughs> we'll um, we've been rambling on for the time's flown by once again rambling on after this clever see what you've done there um, so I'm going to move to the part of the podcast that literally tens of people have been waiting for everyone's tuning in just for who am I <laughs> yeah you've been having to think about it haven't you coach over the, uh, over the I interval I have yeah over the interval I've, you know, I had to distract myself from Sunderland's <laughs> chat so so the I'll give you the clue again so Tom and Kutch I'm going to give them a series of clues about a Derby player uh, from the recent past uh, I'll, I'll I'll give you a spoiler there's not going to be anyone all season pre 1994 Good. Is that okay with you both? Well, we're, we're all very young, so... We're millennials, aren't we? We're millennials, just about. <laughs> Scraping the bowel. Um, so, yeah, so this particular play, I'll give you the clue again, made 34 appearances between 2003 2004. 
Any suggestions? The, the first name that popped into say, my say head. Say your name, do it properly. Sorry. Tom. Thank you. <laughs> Remember what we talked about. Cheers, Chris. <laughs> Is that okay? Um, the first name that popped into my head was a, a small centre-back called Michael Johnson because I remember he scored the first goal of the championship which Derby I'm County sure. Ambassador Michael Johnson Derby County Ambassador Michael Johnson I'm it's just... not Michael Johnson no oh, no, it's not, it's not Michael Johnson Kutch over to you he was Billy Davis' centre back wasn't he yeah um, uh, I think he played more was, I'm going to say Fabrizio Ravinelli incorrect Clue number two because he, he didn't play much of that season he got it's a good shout Better than Michael Johnson. Yeah, I'm just realising <laughs> that I'm about three years out there. Yeah, you are. <laughs> Clue number two. He was a wing-back slash right midfielder who scored one goal God. to Derby County. <laughs> Tom. Go on. <laughs> Francois Grenet. The worst Derby player in, in all time. I think he knew that was wrong in my voice. <laughs> I know, but I wanted that to say Francois Grenet. That was Jim Smith signing or Colin Todd signing. So this is, this, is a season, this is the season we got relegated and this is, this is maybe the end of the season we got relegated and the start of it's the It's two seasons season after back. we got relegated. Two seasons after we got relegated. Went down in 2002. Oh, so it definitely wasn't Ramnani then. Uh, That's interesting. The win back slash right midfielder, Morton Biscar. It's a good guess. Mm. It's good, but it's not the one. Oh. Clue number three. That's a good guess. Derby County had him on loan from a European club. Oh no, it's not him. <laughs> I was going to say Deco, whatever it's like. Who is that? Who is he? The French guy. Tom Ducrow. Yeah, Pierre Ducrow. It's not Pierre Ducrow. It, no. Is it a Portuguese club? I I give the clues here. Tom. <laughs> you got to give me a guess. Well, I was asking the question. Back oh, to you. I remember him. Is it Candido Costa? That is the right answer. Yeah! <laughs> Candido Costa. Wow. Neither of you looks anywhere Porto, near again. FC Porto. FC Porto. Well, you can't tell me about it now. No. Do I get a bonus point for no. saying FC Porto? Disqualified. Oh. I'm pretty sure he played in centre midfield with Leon Osman at some point, didn't he? he? Candido Costa, so let's roll back the years. Okay. He scored one goal for Derby against West Brom away in 2003 2004. Um, well the, the rest of the I had. In my career, I played 162 games in the Primera Liga for FC Porto. That's in Portugal. Yeah, <laughs> not for FC Porto. No, probably not. I scored my one goal against West Brom. Um, I'm scraping the barrel a bit here, to be honest. My yeah. first and second initials are the same. <laughs> <laughs> and if you didn't get it by then, my Gunner final clue. Chris Christie of New Jersey. <laughs> my final clue is going to be uh, my surname is a popular high street coffee chain. <laughs> Starbuck. Cristiano yeah. Pratamonje. <laughs> Emperor Nero. Haven't you been linked with him on Twitter now? <laughs> Uh, did you enjoy that? I did, did. enjoy that, and yeah. I'm I'm a bit I'm a bit annoyed that I guessed as high as I did. <laughs> you should see you should see the smile on my face. <laughs> I'm gonna win this. One note to one note one to Tom in one the to uh, in the Steve Bloomer's washing 1718 podcast. Who ran my series? Rolls off the tongue, doesn't it? It does. It does. First um, of 24. Well, I think we'll leave it there for now. It's been uh, it's been laugh this, isn't it? We've uh, we've shoot the, shot the breeze about all things Derby County or yep. some some things Derby County. <laughs> um, we're going to try and do this every couple of weeks we'll do the next one after Sunderland uh, because frankly it's the only time that we can get together before we're on holiday um, so we'll do one after that game then we'll do one a couple of weeks after that um, we're on various forms of, of the internet uh, we're on Twitter at Steve Livers Washing uh, we're on Facebook 
on Bebo. No, we're not on Bebo. We're on Instagram yet. Uh, no, MySpace? We're on, we're on Instagram. I'm, I'm still working up to that. And we've got a website and an email. The email, I think, I've got it written down, is stevebloomerswashing, all one word, at gmail.com. stevebloomerswashing at gmail.com. Email us any abuse. Tell us we sound like idiots, whatever. Tell Tom to stop talking about Jeff Kenner. Um, you know, whatever you he like. He's great. And we will see you in a few days when hopefully Derby beating Sunderland and are top of the league. See you soon. Cheers, Kutch. Cheers, Chris. Cheers, Tom. Thanks. All the best.